Hi, welcome to Senior Beat. My name is Christine Beatty. I'm the director at the Madison Senior Center, and my co-producer is Tom Frazier. And Tom does a lot of different things, but one of the best things I think he does is serve on advocacy groups all over and do this program, Senior Beat. Oh, well, thanks, Christine. Good yeah. to see you again as well. Yeah. And we do have a special guest today. Uh, we're welcoming back, really, mm -hmm. uh, County Executive uh, Joe Parisi. And uh, Joe is a um, um, lifelong resident of Dane County. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's also, he was elected county executive in 2011. Uh, prior to that, he served for six years in the state assembly mm -hmm. and eight years, uh, no, yeah, and as uh, Dane County clerk for eight years. Mm -hmm. So he's got a lot of experience it's in called public service. county government and even also served in the state legislature. Uh, he and his wife are raising two daughters on the mm -hmm. east side. And so, uh, welcome back. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. We appreciate your coming. Um, well, one thing we want to talk about as we just, uh, not too long ago, finished up uh, the 2018 county budget. Yeah. Which uh, the county exec introduced the 1st of October, and it usually passes before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. But, of course, there's a lot of work that goes on <laughs> before that. But, but so... Uh, Tell us what are the most interesting things, the uh, big issues in the county budget this year. Well, you know, as always, you know, we start from a place, especially over the last few years, of working to make sure that we can maintain the services that we have that we want to keep going. Um, you know, local government certainly hasn't gotten any easier. Um, it's become more challenging um, with, with, with reduced revenue streams from a number of sources. You know, for example, if you've noticed what happened in Milwaukee County this year, um, there were huge budget cuts. And over there, they've been directed by their county board to cut $15 million from their senior budgets. So think about that, $15 million worth of services cut. Uh, we're fortunate here that not only did we not have to deal with any cuts, uh, we were actually able to increase some of the services in senior areas um, and in other areas. And as we were talking about a little bit before the show started, um, you know, there's certainly areas that, that are spe of specific interest and concern to seniors that, that we can touch upon and I can give you an yeah. update. But, you know, by no means are seniors just concerned about quote-unquote senior issues. We have a lot of interesting initiatives going on, particularly around um, our lakes cleanup efforts. So, um, you know, we can address some of these senior issues. And if there's time, if you want to hear sure. about yeah. some of the other well, issues, yeah. happy let's, to do let's so. Let's talk about some of the other issues. Yeah, um, And then sure. we'll come back to okay. the senior issues. That's great. Okay. Um, so talk about how the budget affects the lakes? Yeah, so in county <coughs> government, we're in a unique position to help address some of the challenges facing mm -hmm. our lakes because when we look at the different municipal borders and political borders, our lakes, you know, are pretty wide, um, but the county pretty much encompasses all of our lakes and most of the watershed. And, you know, for folks who, who, who most folks know, but for folks who aren't aware, you know, the watershed is all of the area that drains into our chain of lakes. When it rains, that water goes into streams and that feeds our lakes. Our watershed starts in what we refer to as the North Mendota watershed. So all the water that comes into Lake Mendota flows through our chain of lakes. So what happens to Mendota happens to Monona, Wabisa, et cetera, down the chain. Okay. And so that's why it's very important when we're looking at the causes of the challenges our lakes face, 
as well as the answer, the solutions to cleaning them up, that a lot of our focus begin in the North Mendota watershed. So it turns out that the challenges we face in our lakes are mostly due to algae blooms that we're all t way too familiar with for years and years, particularly in July and August, you see these green, smelly algae blooms. Well, the root cause of those blooms is excess nutrients, mainly in the form of phosphorus in our water. One pound of phosphorus can result in up to 500 pounds of algae. Wow. And we have tens of thousands of pounds coming into the watershed. Now, there are a couple of sources. There are urban sources from urban runoff, from leaves, from yard waste, fertilizers. And then there are rural sources, which are mostly agricultural. Mm -hmm. And so what we've done is we've been able to pull together a partnership with all of the entities who are concerned about our lakes and, and, and who's who might contribute to the runoff that causes the challenges so that we can focus our resources together on addressing those challenges. So we have partnerships with cities and villages on addressing urban runoff, things like what, you know, hundreds of years, hundred and some years ago when, as we developed, the way they developed our storm sewers is it rains, everything washes into them and right into the lakes. Mm -hmm. So, so what, what hits there, the gas, the oil, everything goes into the lakes. So we in the county partner with our local municipalities to cost share on building what's called stormwater detention ponds. So that stormwater before going into the lakes goes into a detention pond and that sediment and the pollutants settle out before the water okay. is able yeah. to, to go in. So, so we have cleaner water. Filtering. Yeah, pretty much. So, so you get rid of that sediment and a lot of that phosphorus and a lot of other efforts. And then where our main partnership and our main efforts are, are in more of the agricultural areas. Because as you know, we're a huge dairy producing county and cows produce dairy. And along with that, unfortunately, comes a lot of cow manure too. Now, to a certain extent and, and to a certain amount, that, that, that's good. It can be used on the fields as a natural fertilizer and soil amendment. But when there's too much, and especially in days past when there weren't as many conservation practices being used, it would rain the phosphorus from, from, from that manure in the soil, gets into that watershed I talked about, into the streams and then into the lakes, and it's a huge source of algae. So what we've done is we have a partnership with our farmers um, through the county, and we help them cost share and give um, no interest loans and technical assistance to help implement um, programs and initiatives um, such as planting buffer strips between streams and, and, and fields and many other initiatives like that to cut down on the amount of mm -hmm. runoff that comes mm -hmm. into our streams. So that's a partnership that's been growing and we're doing a great job of reducing that phosphorus going into our lakes. But what we discovered last in the last year or two was despite our efforts upstream, when we checked up on how we were doing with monitoring, mm -hmm. looking at the data of the, what's in the streams mm -hmm. going into the lake, we found that there were still high levels of phosphorus. So what we did is literally and figuratively did a little more digging. We dug down into the streams to see what was there already. Mm -hmm. And what we found in brief was 33 miles worth of stream that has up to four feet of sediment that's been building up for 100 years that's laden with phosphorus. And again, most of this is from before we had our modern techniques yeah. put in yeah. place. And so we launched last year a four-year, $12 million plan to go into 33 miles of streams and remove that phosphorus with oh, vacuum wow. suction. Yeah. It's going to remove 870,000 pounds of phosphorus from our streams. So I, I don't want to take up too much time. I could no, obviously no. take up a whole show yeah. with that. Oh, but I think the message is that we know what the challenge is. We have wonderful partnerships with our farmers, um, with our local communities, and we're addressing 
the source of that phosphorus pollution in a number of new, like really very innovative ways that in the coming decades will result in cleaner lakes. Mm -hmm. And, and this four-year process is starting when? We piloted it last year to make mm -hmm. sure it worked mm -hmm. as it did on the drawing board and that there were no unintended consequences, and it came off great. So right now as we speak, we're beginning the first year of dredging of about two and a half miles of Dorn Creek up in the town of Westport. Um, we do it this time of year because the water's lower and it's easier to access that muck that is growing there. And then what we do in this case, for example, mm -hmm. There is an old gravel pit that is on county-owned land, and what we will do is we'll take all of that sediment that we take out of the water, or out of the stream bed, we'll fill it into that gravel pit that now just has invasive species plants and nothing very, very, very good for the environment or recreation going on there. We'll fill that. We'll cover it, we'll seed it over with prairie seed, and then that will abut to a DNR property that is prairie now. So not only will we be removing that phosphorus-laden muck, we'll be filling in this old gravel pit and creating a new prairie habitat. So it's a win-win. Yeah. It's, it's really Very rewarding good. work to be able to yeah. take part in. Yeah, great. Yeah, well, that yeah that's exciting. Interesting. Yeah. Now, are we getting some federal funds and state funds with that whole partnership that you talked about? Correct. So, so the, 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 the sediment that's in the rivers right now, that's just um, county funds. But ov the overall effort, which is yeah. tens Huge. of millions of dollars, yeah. there are county dollars. The cities and villages are kicking in money. The Madison Metropolitan Sewerage District's kicking in money. And then we, our staff at the county, has written a number of federal grants okay. um, that we've received for millions of dollars yeah. to help implement practices with our farmers. So it's, it's a great partnership. It, you know, it's one of those examples of if you identify a challenge that the community cares about, there's, there, there, not, there's no one entity that has the resources to, to fix right, right, everything. Right, right. But if you can work together yeah, and yeah. focus your efforts and pool your resources, you can, you can get a lot of great work and done. And I'd like to think that Dane County could be a leader in this. Yes. And the more successful you are, the more that yes. breeds success yes. and, and people who want to partner with you to yeah. do things like this. Absolutely. It's great. Yeah. And we want to be a model for folks across the, across yeah. the country. I, I think we can yeah. be, and yeah. that's great. I'm yeah. looking forward yeah. to composting um, or um, uh, wet recyclables coming to Madison so that not only do you the, do the recyclables, but all of the stuff that you might put in a compost pile can also go mm -hmm. and be composted. That's exciting to me. <laughs> yeah, there, there, well, there are right. a lot of great possibilities <laughs> yeah, out there. Yeah, there's exciting stuff yeah, happening. Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, there's enough, before we get to any senior issues, yeah. I mean specific right. senior mm -hmm. issues, sure. uh, another big issue that I noticed because I was down at some of the county committee meetings mm -hmm. uh, when doing some lobbying on senior budget issues. Mm -hmm. um, big controversy seemed to be uh, about the jail, yeah. the county yeah. jail. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, there was a lot of movement on that, as you probably know, mm -hmm. um, in this budget. So the background on this is we currently have three different jail facilities in Dane County. We have a Huber Center out by the, yeah. the Coliseum on, on those grounds. Um, and we have the public safety building, which is next to the courthouse. That was built 20-some years ago. Um, and then we have on the top two floors of the city-county building, we have a maximum security facility. Yes, oh, the one we're in now. That's true. So two floors up, dear guys. Yeah. And what that is, it's a 60-plus-year-old facility that's actually been compared to Alcatraz. I mean, it's, it's an old, outdated, decaying 
um, dangerous facility, um, really built in a time before mm -hmm. modern corrections really came in into play. Literally, doors get stuck. It's not safe for the staff. It's not safe for the people who are incarcerated. And it has, it, it, it has no room for rehabilitative services. Um, they, they, they have solitary confinement there. So if someone's having a mental health crisis, they often end up in solitary confinement. Just a, a lot, uh, a facility that everyone agrees needs to be shuttered. Now, of course, the big debate is always going to be, well, what, what should we do then? What's the next step? So um, over the last couple of years, the sheriff has done a really good job of giving a lot of people tours, talking about the different challenges and what he would like to see our approach to criminal justice being. Um, initially, we, we worked with a consultant who came up with a plan who, who gave it back to us for a jail that would have cost about $150 million. I said, no, that's too much. I'm not, we're not going to invest $150 million in a jail. And so I kind of laid out my priorities you know, with understanding that the facility upstairs had to close, that we, we couldn't keep going um, like we were. So my priorities were consolidate all three facilities into one, um, do everything we possibly can on the front end through diversion, through community courts, through, through alcohol and drug treatment, to try to keep people out of, prison, out of jail in the first place and divert them, if we can divert them mm -hmm. to community mm -hmm. service safely, that kind mm -hmm. of thing, because mm -hmm. you know, that's addressing the root cause, and that's the long-term better solution. Now, some people um, are dangerous. It's just a fact of life and have to be um, confined mm -hmm. in, in a jail space. So they're going to be those folks. But by definition, everyone who enters a county jail is out within a year. So rather than have a facility where we're just going to lock people up and then open the door when we're done, we're not doing the community a favor, we're not doing the people who have been incarcerated a favor, um, I said, come back to me with a project that actually reduces the overall number of beds that we have in the system, that does that work on the front end, um, that consolidates, and then has a robust reentry, as we refer to it, system on the back end. So when we talk about reentry, we're referring to when someone is released from incarceration, they're re-entering society. Um, you know, again, the old model is, you know, someone commits a crime, we lock them up, we shut the door, we open it at the end of the sentence, goodbye, good luck. And what happens? They end up back at the front door, you know, in, too soon. So if we can focus on the upfront work and then have a facility that has space that's, that, that, that means we can appropriately house people who have committed crimes who may have... Um, a mental illness or physical challenges, a space that also has plenty of room so people can come in and do rehabilitation work, be it working mm -hmm. on their high school diploma, you know, working on sure. finding a job next, um, just so we have that kind of space. And then, again, that robust reentry team. So I'm talking about a reentry team that works on the inside, so, so, so county employees will be on the inside working with a the person. They come in, okay, what's your plan for when you get out? Do you have a job? Do you have housing? Um, do you have people, you know, who can do, do if, you, if you use psychotropic medications, you know, do you have access to those? And then identifying those challenges that people are going to face and then working hand-in-hand -hand with a community-based team sure. so that the folks on the outside know what this person's needs are going to be when they're, mm -hmm. when they're released. And so the folks on the inside prepare them. And then there's tracking Then there's the seamless absolutely. handoff then. That's so wonderful. if you know you're going to need housing, let's not wait till a week before you're released to find that. Let's start working on that now. Right away. Yeah, if you yeah, don't have absolutely. a job, let's start working on that right, right away and mm -hmm. right now. So what we, put, what we ended up doing is they came back with a $78 million plan 
Um, so roughly half the cost of that initial plan with 91 fewer beds than we have in the system right now. Robust front-end diversion, robust re-entry services on the end, because I think everyone, most everyone will agree that yeah. if someone commits a crime, they should be held accountable, but we also want to give people a second chance in a way to work themselves back right. into society. A second chance or a third chance. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's often what it takes. So we will be back for some more of this interesting discussion with County Exec Parisi, and we'll see you in just a minute. And we're here with County Executive Joe Parisi, and uh, we're going to wrap up this uh, idea of the jail. Yeah. What's happening? Okay, so what we, what we finally ended up passing, the county board passed and I signed um, in the budget, is there will be a consolidation of all of the, the, the jail facilities into one. And we'll accomplish that by building four floors onto the current public safety building. We will shut down the two floors in the city county building. We'll shut down the Huber Center. Um, a total of 91 fewer beds. There will be programming space. There will be no more solitary confinement for people with, with mental illness. There will be special beds for people with mental and physical um, disabilities who end up incarcerated. And then we'll have those front-end diversion services and then the back-end re-entry services. And mental health is a major issue oh, on all huge. of that. It's, it's big. Huge. We hear yeah. more and more about that. Yeah, that, yeah. 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 that yeah. the jails are being used as a mental health facility. Yeah. Um, it, but we we want to move on, Tom. I think yeah. you said um, some questions about well, family care are in order. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the big changes that is occurring in Dane County is uh, we'll be coming into the state. Family care. Mm -hmm. It's really family care partnership and IRIS, mm -hmm. uh, three different programs for uh, older people and people with disabilities. So, this is kind of a big budget issue because of the requirement. One requirement is to maintenance of effort of mm -hmm. what the county has been doing, and the county has always done a lot in terms of money for aging and disability and, and uh, long-term care. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it, 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 as you said, we've always <coughs> had very robust services in Dane County working under under um, the MA waivers and both for people with developmental disabilities. Medical assistance. And, yeah, and, and, and <laughs> yes, and for, and for senior citizens. And so both of those groups now will be transferring over to the family care as the state takes that over. Um, and, and the developmental disability side, it's a little more of a change, I think, than on the uh, on the aging side, as far as the array of services. So, so on the aging side, um, you know, one of one of the reasons that folks like Tom advocated for a change to, to, to family care was because of waiting lists. Yes. So we're in the process now, and I, I I have to give recognition to the folks at the ADRC because they are doing yeah. incredible work right now, helping people in that transition yes. Yes. Um, from 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 their waiver programs to the family care programs. We have about 450, 500 people 
who are currently being served um, in the senior programs who will be transferring over, and then the folks on the wait list will be signed up over the next three years, I believe, that is, is the deadline. Right. Hopefully it can right. be, you know, won't take that long, but that's the deadline for yeah. getting folks right. signed up. So people might have find that they have different providers. They may or may not have different providers. There will be managed care organizations coming in, you know, as, as well as the IRIS organizations for a little more self-directed. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's our hope that in the end what we will have is, is seniors having access to that, that, that same array of, of services to help keep them living independent, help right. them keeping living in their home or apartment um, with, without too much disarray, you know, too right. much dur during the change over time. And again, then the folks who are on the wait list will be getting services. Yes, the reduction of the now. wait list and then the whole self-direction nature of mm -hmm. family care, I think, is something that older people talk about wanting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, it's a big change for, yeah. for people, and so there's a lot of anxiousness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Am but, I going to lose my provider? Right. Uh, right. Am, am I going to get a less robust package of mm -hmm. services? Because, mm -hmm. you know, I, the wait list aside, people who get services get a pretty good package of services. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, and to have uh, that reduced would be a shock. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I think one of the things that, 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 that one of the reasons we've been able to, we've had such a robust array of services locally is because that's been something that this community wants. And, and much of this, you know, has been, been county funded also. Yes. Now, with, with the state taking over with family care, it takes it out of the hands of the county. So we right. won't be as involved. It'll be uh -huh. more of a state, it will be a state directed program, and they'll contract with their managed care organizations, et cetera. Um, to carry out the services. So that'll definitely be a change, mm -hmm. too, because in the old way it was a little closer to right. the people because it was their local government, and so now it's interacting with, with, with state, government state government a little more. Yeah. 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 Uh, public interest here, I do serve as the ADRC chair of the board mm -hmm. of the Aging and Disability Resource Center, and, and um, I sort of just stay away because I know they're so busy that they yeah, have time. Yeah, those folks are really doing <laughs> They are just good uh, work pretty right much now. swamped because yeah. they have to transition over 2,000 people, I think, mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. what they're receiving now to, mm -hmm. you know, a different yeah. provider maybe, a, a managed care well, organization. Well, that level of anxiousness that you mentioned earlier, Tom, yeah, really can affect I just people. hope we can get through it yeah. and then start addressing the waiting list without too much angst and pain yeah, for yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we'll depend on those professional people to help us do that and yeah. we hope we have enough yeah well, we, we hope so yeah. yeah and I think it's about I, I would imagine most I always mention this I'm most of the folks watching here are familiar with ADRC but the Aging and Disability Resource Center um, is such a jewel in our community it's yeah. it's the one-stop yeah. shop usually when I go and do public speaking I, I there are two things I always talk about the Aging and Disability Resource Center where you can call if you have questions about yourself or a loved one who has questions about accessing services for, for seniors or people with disabilities, it's, it's one of those great one-stop shops. The mm -hmm. people you talk to are right here in our community. Right. It's, it's not a phone, a phone center in Tennessee or something. Uh -huh. it, it's right here. And, you know, and the other one also is the, the CVSO, the County Vet Service Office. Oh, yes. You know, for anyone who is that. served. Yeah. yeah and, they really do. And just like, like senior or disability benefits, mm -hmm. you know, there, there are benefits for, for vets 
that they may or may not know about, or one might be located here, one might be there. If you call the county vet service office, again, it's a person in that office right. who can help you maneuver and connect you with all of those those yeah. resources. And That's it's a really, really good a point, Joe. And, yeah. and the other yeah. thing is, as a professional in aging, that agency actually goes out and seeks resources yeah. for older people. So I find myself calling the ADRC mm -hmm. for information yeah. about some little odd piece that I don't really yeah. have time to do yeah. the research on, and they've got yeah. the answer. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Then you touched on also the other important piece of this though is the senior centers the focal points that yeah. where where people can go locally and and that's that connection yes, to resources yeah. and support yeah. also. it's kind of a friendly place where you can go with your family and you can get direction yeah a lot of printed materials yeah. that you can read and yeah. study yeah. So. Yeah. and another there's a couple other important things about it it's free mm -hmm. you know there's no cost to it mm -hmm. there's a, also no income limitations right. you know for the ADRC because um, you know, family care, IRIS, those programs are income-based, mm -hmm. you know, so to get mm -hmm. certain services, you have to meet income guidelines, even assets, yeah. even yeah. assets. Asset but for the ADRC, yeah. it's free, it's uh, no income sure. requirements yeah. to yeah. ask for, sure. for help. Yeah. Sure. And as Joe pointed out, it's one-stop shopping, yeah. when I, which I know older people really, really like. appreciate yeah. and really the other thing about yeah. the ADRC is that you stay with the same person yes so you don't have to tell your story right. over and over that's and right. over the person knows you that's right after the first call or second call yeah. they know your story and yes. can really take it further than yeah and you can call or you can stop down whatever you're most right. comfortable with families email a lot yeah. over there and yeah. you can do that as yeah. well yeah. so because yeah. there's nothing more and sad than there being resources or help available and folks not knowing how not to access it and that's we'll make sure that's still ADR see information gets on the bottom uh, of the screen. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although they don't need any more calls right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give I mean, they're too much to business. Do, they're I trying think. to do their regular work, which was full-time, right. yeah. and yeah. now on top of this with no additional resources. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. But we will put the put the yeah. number up. Get we'll, the information up. We'll give them a lot of credit and then tell them to send them more business. Yeah, absolutely. So in our final few minutes, uh, maybe talk about some other uh, budget issues. You know, you mentioned the focal points. We have mm -hmm. 15 focal points. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are senior centers, yeah. Yeah. but they're not all senior centers. But they uh, uh, operate programs for seniors, such as case, case management, management yeah. nutrition. nutrition. Yeah. And in this budget, we've actually been able to increase funding for, the, the, for, for senior nutrition and for that case management, mm -hmm. um, um, transportation, aimed more at helping address cultural diversity to make sure that, 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 that all members of our community have access um, to transportation yeah. and the resources. As we're growing more diverse, we want to make sure that no one's left behind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of exciting things. And like I said, we're, we're fortunate here that we can still offer these The other thing is, I think is really good is the county has allowed for some innovation that has taken on some real statewide importance, mm -hmm. the idea of... Uh, having a nutrition site in a restaurant, for yes. example. Yes. So we're we're trying yeah. to be innovative yes. in what we do yeah. with these programs. So um, I think that having having that kind of connection and being yeah. able to do something different is great. I've been yes. to a, I've been to may, maybe all of those. You know, it's, it, what 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 you're talking about for the you know for your viewers is in, instead of having the meal sites always have the senior center, which is fine. Yeah, um, sure, number of sure. yeah. Yes. So we have like Oregon, Monona, Mount Horeb, et cetera, mm -hmm. having restaurant DeForest in the community. Sure. 
where once a week people go there for the community meal. So you're going to yeah. a restaurant. Talk about yeah. a win-win. You have a small restaurant and a yes. community that's supported yeah. by those yeah. funds from yeah. 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 seniors. So. Great and they still, they still get a very nutritious meal. Yeah, and, I think in Monona they have a choice just a different, of three things. It's a different know? atmosphere. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 And it's, it's very popular. It is popular. Yeah. You'll get so people okay. going there who some folks say, well, I don't really go to the senior center because I might not feel yeah. comfortable going yeah. there, but I feel okay going down to Ziggy's Barbecue for yeah. sandwich. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. nice. Right. Well, we want to change that idea about being uncomfortable at the senior center. Yeah, well, hopefully they meet up folks there who say, come on down. Come over to the senior center. Some time. I hope yep. so. I do hope so. Um, well, the good. senior centers are so important, I think, because of the, the addressing issues of isolation. Yes, yes. absolutely. And, um, you know, I just uh, was involved in doing a story about senior centers in another mm -hmm. location, not in Dane County. And this idea of social isolation just kept coming sure. up, and some of the people were going there. This was all the family they had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. It, we ask a question sometimes: If you did not attend the senior center, would uh, would someone call you? And it's an indicator that people go to the senior center and make a friend who would be concerned if they didn't come to the yeah. senior center. Yeah. That's yeah. family. That's yeah. family. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'd like to kind of wrap up here, but I sure. would really like to thank uh, County Executive Parisi for the support for all of these things Absolutely. he's talked about, but Absolutely. particularly the support for older adults in Dane okay. County. <laughs> thank well, you very much. Thank you, but I, I'd just like to make a point that we all have gray hair sitting around <laughs> this table. So there is some self-interest involved That's right. in That's this. Right. And we're, trying, we're trying to get everything ready. Yeah, we're, we're trying to get it ready for us. Um, but we do appreciate that support uh, from not only you, for, but from the county board who yeah. has to vote yes. on these budgets. That's right. and, yeah, that's right. um, and they're so knowledgeable about it, too. Yeah. I think that's really important. And I hope they watch Senior Beat so they can learn more. There you go. We do, too. I do, too. <laughs> we'll see you next month on Senior Beat.